Hey, what's good here? Yeah, that's the title of our episode today. What's good here? This is Now Tell Us, and I'm your host, Anthony Moirore. At Now Tell Us, we always have guests come and tell us stories. They come and inspire us. They come and educate us. Always, we are having a great time. And today, we have a great guest with us, as usual. He's going to tell us what's good here. If you're ready, and if you are as eager as I am to go hear what he has to say, join me as we go and meet Amar. Here we go. Hello, Ahmad. How are you doing, Anthony? Yeah, I'm doing good. Welcome to Now Tell Us. Thank you for having me on. Yes, we are honored to have you here. And I'm looking forward to hear what you've got to tell us today. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for having me. Yes. Can we find out where you are right now? I am in the great state of Texas right now. Wow. I'm, in a, I'm in Houston. Um, uh -huh. In Houston, Texas. That's wonderful. I'm having so many guests come from Texas. I should be coming there sometime soon. <laughs> come on, there's plenty of room. There's plenty of room here. Half, yes. A third of the country's already moved here in the past three years, so <laughs> there's plenty of room for you. No, no worries. So why, why, why do? Why, what's so interesting there that they've moved there this year? I mean, it's it's a lot of space. Mm -hmm. You know, we. We focus more on liberty. You know, we believe in private property rights. I mean, just it's it's you 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 do you do what you do and 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 we I don't want to say stay out of your way. It's just like, hey, as long as you're not aggressing others, we let you just come down here and start your business, you know, low taxes. Hey, let's let's come out here and, and make some and make some money. And you get a lot of land. We're oh. not all packed into little spots like you can buy like full plots of land and, 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 and housing costs are pretty good here. Uh, better than most of the nation as far as uh, the cost of a home. Okay, that's cool. I grew up here in Texas, Texas, Texas. And uh, I, I keep mentioning the Westerns that I used to watch. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I should go there one, day, one time, maybe ride a horse. Yeah. Now, please, can we know what it is, what is it that you do currently? Right now, I mean that's a that's uh, that's a loaded question, and people in my church ask me that a lot as well. Um, obviously, I'm an author, a speaker, and a consultant, and a mental performance coach here. Um, I work with a lot of youngsters, a lot of young adults. Um, to your audience, to excuse my voice, I've been fighting it, and we're and we're, we're working through that. Um, I work with young adults, just helping them. Uh, make that transition in life, high school to college, college into the real world. And uh -huh. a lot of, um, obviously a lot of strategies we use uh, with that, including the title of your show for today. And just really wanting them to get in a place where they're earning for themselves and being responsible adults. Uh -huh. um, 
one thing that I, I really push is that you become an independent, um, useful human being, a, 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 a great person of society, providing a service that is needed and necessary to help make a society grow. And that's where I really start with a lot of my young people. I did that with some grown people as well, but really wanting young people to establish their foothold as service-driven individuals um, to be able to make uh, make empowered moves in their lives. That's beautiful. Good to hear that. You're, you're doing a great job in this society. And you know, the youth have been forgotten in many instances. They are allowed to do just as they please, where they want to go, they go. And, and it's been a rotten society all over. And I, I don't know, I hear stories there in the US and uh, oh, they need direction. They need someone who's telling them uh, things not to do, things to do, and uh, just to be good people in the society. Completely agree, and you're and you're on point with that. Um, what they what they're doing with young people is is absolutely egregious um, these days. Um, just really trying to take uh, the roles and just really trying to mess with their minds um, to getting them to follow on a path that's not going to be advantageous for them. Uh, whether you're talking about from a cultural aspect, a spiritual aspect, a sexual aspect, they have really tried to, you know, I don't want to use the word indoctrinate, but that is what that is what is going on right now. They are wanting young people to buy into an ideology that is just not going to help out themselves or society. You know, suicide rates are up, dropout rates are up, alcoholism, um, abusing alcohol and drugs is up. And that's not by accident. That's just not like, oh, well, maybe it's just a blip in the radar. No, it is being forced onto them to, to just bring a level of confusion. And yes, they do look at them as either useful tools or disposable, especially mm -hmm. like if you look at what they do with young men, what do they tell young men all the time? Hey, you're too aggressive. You're too toxic. You're too this. Tap into your softer style. Tap into this and that. You, you know as well as I do is young men is who build societies, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's built by strong men. Well, they're actually trying to encourage men to do the opposite, especially here mm -hmm. in the West. And yes, I you can say that I'm one of those who's standing in that gap and saying, no more. Leave these young men alone. Let them be strong. Let them be competitive. And let's get some things done. Um, it's going to take a lot to get to that point. But at the same time, it's a fight. It's When they say, is there a hill you're willing to die on? That's a hill worth dying on. Hmm. Going back some years, actually several years, how was it where you were growing up? Oh, man, uh, you know. Typical guy came from a, from a strong two family uh, two parent household. Uh, mother was a teacher. Uh, dad was a petroleum engineer, and um, that relationship lasted up until about the time I was twelve years old, and my mom got remarried to a college professor. Uh, but as far as I was concerned, um, the two fathers who raised me were um, both had values and created the man you see before you, even though. We have, I have a strained relationship with my biological father who's still there. And of course, my father Vital uh, died the night after my 33rd birthday. But both of them brought the values. Both of them were not here for excuses. Both of them were not here for any level of entitlement. They were like, you, you work, you eat. And it was yes, sir, no, sir. There was no games. It was, you know, you're going to wake up in the mornings 
and you're going to get to work, even if there's no work to be done. We're going to find you some work. There was no sleeping in in my house. And so it established a work ethic with me that I carried on and I still have today. Um, just really no excuse men in my life. Um, and I've worked to continue that that trend going forward as I become an adult as well. Hmm, good to hear that. Now, I was watching a clip uh, a few days ago of one little kid who's taking water containers and packing them. And, and it's kind of everyone in the internet, wow, this thing, I mean, they're surprised to see that. And it's some things, some of the things that we grew up doing at a young age, but they are not being told to, they're not being shown how to act. They're not being uh, taught the, the, the good virtues of everyday living. So it's good that you were, you grew up in such an environment where you were shown the right path and you followed it up to this, this uh, day. Absolutely, man, because no one owes you anything, mm -hmm. right? No one, no one owes you a thing. Um, you know, and, and I like the fact that, you know, you see young, young people working. I mean, as soon as you can walk, you need to have responsibilities. Mm -hmm. uh, and we need more of that. We, it, it's, it's too much handholding. It's too much, um, you know, your truth, you know, do what you want and just have fun. That's not what life is about. Life is, life is about putting in the work. Life is about serving the needs of others and doing it in a way that's not aggressing on someone else's rights. Mm -hmm. But we've completely just thrown that out for this weird, more so just an ideology of just something's owed to you, entitlements, mm -hmm. um, handouts, because we, we know nothing is free. Somebody's paying for it. Yeah. But you need to go out and earn for yourself. And you earn. It's, it's like, the, like the Bible says, you a man who's willing to work can eat. If you don't, hey, you know. You 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 get in you get out of life what you put into it, and we need to instill in kids today that that a work ethic is needed because right now we're seeing the ramifications of what happens when you don't teach people to work. Yeah, sure. Did you go through some challenges while you were growing up, even though you were, I mean, being shown the right path to follow, the right values being implanted in you? Did you what What are the, some of the challenges that you faced? Well, right after my uh, my mother and father were divorced, um, new father came in and we were living pretty good. And then some things happened at the college he was working at and some decisions were made where something ended up happening where he was like, OK, I'm going to transition from one job to another. But he had been at his first job for so long that when he got into the workforce, the means to getting a new job had changed so much. We're talking 15, 20, 20 years. And so he was kind of working on an archaic model. So maybe your audience can understand that situation where you've been in the workforce so long, when you go to get other jobs, they tell you you're overqualified and they won't hire you, even though you're like, I'm willing to do this. And it was interesting because I saw him grinding it out, trying to find work. And basically my entire high school career, my father was out without work. So we're talking five, six years. So I think, right before I started as a freshman in high school was when we were on one income. And you're talking about a family of five or six, uh, mm -hmm. give or take with my sister being in the house on a school teacher's, on an elementary school teacher's salary. And so the challenge I had was, is when I turned, I think 14, 15 years old, 
uh, I looked around and I could hear the conversations about trying to find a way to make ends meet. And it's like, even at that age, I'm like, wait a minute, if we continue earning the same amount, how are ends ever going to be met? That doesn't make any sense. I didn't, you know, I wasn't a mathematician and I wasn't like some, you know, social science scholar, mm -hmm. but I just realized I'm like, if mom keeps doing what she's doing and dad's still doing the same hustle he's doing, how are we going to earn anymore? And so I remember asking my parents to pull up to a fast food restaurant, McDonald's, and they were like, what are we doing here? And I said, I'm going in there to get an application for work. And my mom was like, we didn't tell you that you needed to go to work. I said, no one needed to tell me anything. I was like, I see what's going on. It's tight around the house. Let me go in and start earning. And my mom almost cried. She was like, I don't want you to have to go to work on the, go on this path. And I was like, I'm doing it. And I ended up working. And for three or four years, I was basically giving my parents 50, 60, upwards of 70% of my check just to just get things done. Um, and that was sort of my rotation, basically all through high school. I learned a work ethic very early on. And that challenge, my mother and I still talk about that challenge to this day. And she looks back on it sometimes and she's like, you know, I really didn't understand what you were doing. And, you know, I want to apologize for that. And I'm just like, oh, no, no apologies needed. You mm -hmm. created a bona fide hustler. You created someone who's resourceful. You created someone who is going out looking to create every day and find ways to earn and be a useful servant in society. It's like, because I started early, I had a leg up on everybody. And it just, it just put me in a position where that, that, that tough situation put me in position to be able to win at life in so many different ways. And so I thanked her for that. Right. I thanked my fathers for, you know, giving me that early work ethic. I watched my dad grind out with a master's degree, doing whatever it takes to be able to provide for the family. And those types of lessons, I've never forgotten that you do what needs to be done to take care of your people. You mm -hmm. do whatever needs to be done to, to make sure your family has a place to live, make sure mm -hmm. they have food on the table, make sure they're clothed and make sure they're protected. Right. And so that mindset has been in me since the ripe age of 14. So we're talking 30 years and here we are. Hmm. And I know you've accomplished quite a number of things. One of the things uh, being going around. We, how many countries have you spoken in? I think five. Five, think five, five, five countries. Working mm -hmm. on a few more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> obviously, the most recent would be um, Zambia, Abu Dhabi, and Dubai uh, mm -hmm. would be the most recent ones. And I've worked with I've worked with some. Um, I was working with a gentleman out of Pakistan, so I didn't actually speak in the country, but I was working with him. Uh, on some things as he was looking to make some new and empowered moves in his job life. Okay, that's cool. And you've written books. How many? I uh, just, just recently published my third, so three books. Oh, that's cool. Which are they? So uh, Awaken the Baller Within was published and I believe I Am More Than Enough was published in 2019 and now what was uh, published in January 3rd, 2023. Wow, that's our newest child. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. five steps to get uh, up and create the most of life. And, and this is exactly what you're talking about. Which, which are those five steps if you could just break them down for us? 
Well, you said, what are the five steps or what is my favorite five step? Tell us whatever it is that is going so, to be. So, the, uh, so the, five, the, five, the five steps um, break down very quickly. First, we start with reflect. We start with reflection. Um, before you can move on, you need to know, like, what is going, like, where am I currently? Like, mm -hmm. you may see a big pile of trash in your living room and you're like, oh, wow, how did that get there? You need to reflect on where you are. And I don't want you to focus too much on how you got there, but you do need to understand the steps that got you there so that we don't repeat them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you reflect, like you sit there and have that moment. You're going through the motions and saying, okay, these steps led me to here. So we start off with reflect. And then we go to decide, right? You decide like, okay, you see where you are. Now decide, what is it going to be? Where do we want to go from here, right? Is there a particular a profession we want to go into? Is there a job we're trying to do? Is it a book I'm trying to write? Is it a business I'm trying to start? And so then you, you decide like what, what, if my life is not good right now, or I don't like where I currently am, where do I want to go? Mm -hmm. So you make that decision. Then you go into the planning phase after you've decided you plan. All right. I want to be a stockbroker. What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the path for that? What money is needed for that? How much time do I need to invest in it? What are the steps to get there? And you know, that's when we kind of do the work in reverse. Here's the big goal, be a stockbroker. And you start breaking it down into smaller pieces. What's something you can do daily to where you end up becoming the stockbroker? Is there some education you need? How much does that cost? Is there any resources that I need? What type of things do I need to do? You go through a real research phase in the planning. You start laying out the goals. Maybe do the cool little mind maps. Okay, here's the big circle here and like you put the tentacles out from it and and work that out i mm -hmm. um i'm a i'm a big legal pad guy this is what we do here when mm -hmm. we obviously we're gonna when we get on what's good here that will be pivotal in that uh, exercise as well but you decide and then you get into action so you reflect you decide you plan now it's time to get to work it's time to get up and make some moves and every day you need to be making moves towards that goal what mm -hmm. does that look like Right. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, I'm still planning, I'm still planning, I'm still planning. At some point in time, the planning needs to stop and you need to go test drive what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't. You don't have all the answers, but you need to go out there and life needs to teach you what was what's next. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you know what they say? <laughs> uh, the, the famous uh, quote from the old Steinbeck, uh, the best laid plans often go awry. You know, you hear that with people in business all the time. And you're a business owner. All your business owners will know. What you laid out as the plan from a budget and a planning standpoint, half of that is just going to just not work because in real time stuff is going to happen. And so you got to go out and act and make the moves needed to be able to see and sift through what is working, what's not working. You need to test drive whatever you did. You may run into a roadblock. You know, life happens. Mm -hmm. Maybe the plan you had that was supposed to take two months may now take six months because Maybe you didn't pass the exam to be able to get into this. It's a lot of things that can happen, but you have to take action no matter what. And the last and really a very important one is to seek. So you got reflect, decide, plan, act, and seek. And seek is extremely important. This is where the community comes in. This mm -hmm. is where the tribe comes in. This is where your neighborhood comes in. Putting a council of people around you who can help you. So you're mm -hmm. seeking out. So you want to be a stockbroker. Hey, who's the top stockbrokers in America? Who's the top stockbrokers in Greece? Who's the top stockbrokers in Kenya, Ghana, um, Russia, wherever? 
Who are the top people in this industry? Find a way to connect with them. Somebody locally, someone who you don't have ties to, reach out to them. Hey, can you, if you can give me two pieces of advice to get into this industry, what are they? You'll be surprised how people who are at the top of their game will make time for you to do those things. Mm-hmm. And so you need to seek counsel. You need to seek a mentor. You need to seek what I call an accountability ally, somebody who can help help hold you accountable to the goals you have written down. See, we're talking about those goals. When you write down those goals, share those goals with a mentor, mm-hmm. with someone, with a coach, someone who's going to be like, oh, okay, this is what you say you want, Anthony. All right. So, so what's the time frame on this first goal? Okay, boom. What what do you want to do with this here? Okay. And so you check in with them weekly, bi-weekly, whatever the, the frequency is. And they go through and say, hey, where do we stand on this? And they'll hold you accountable. They'll check you. They'll reprimand you. You want that. You want someone who cares and loves for you, but is not infatuated with you, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. You, mm-hmm. you don't you don't want them to be like, oh man, you're just the greatest. You want somebody who'll look at you and say, Anthony, um, you said this was going to be done in three months. We're at the five-month mark. Why have we not completed this task? Mm-hmm. You want someone who's going to properly check you. And so that's the five steps when it comes to what is it now what. Um, a lot of people were studied for that book. Um, I, I had you know a couple of colleagues, some friends, and they were taking their worst-case scenarios. And you know sometimes you look at them and you say, wow, how am I going to get out of this? And so now what? get you from start to finish where you have to evaluate everything to be able to get where you're trying to go. And no no rock is unturned in the principles that are laid out in that book, which includes obviously the title of this show. But that is, that is one of the more important things is to really take those steps. And there's so many different exercises for each chapter. Your audience can definitely go check that out. But the bottom line is, is that find the one that works for you because there's multiple options for people to be able to do that. So you, all the subchapters are very short, giving you examples, giving you strategies, giving you tips. Like, hey, what, what's, what's the best way to do your goals? Well, you can lay out the goals this way, or you can do like somebody who's a little bit more ADD like myself, which is called mm-hmm. two goals to go. You wake up every morning, you put two goals down there. One thing you're grateful for and you, and you, take, and you hit the road. No, there's no long-term business plan. Sometimes you're in a situation, especially if you're going through tragedy, you don't have time. I, mm-hmm. I created two goals to go when I was going through my divorce. I was like, I don't have time to lay out a business plan. I don't have time to lay out, you know, my 20 goals for the year. I need goals for today. I'm in and out of hotel rooms. I'm not living in my home. I'm practically living out of my truck. I'm going to work. I'm on the road. What do I want to do today? That's it. And so there's a lot of little strategies like that that your audience can get in on and try to figure out what's going to be best for them. Oh, so with all that is happening around you, what's good here? (laughs) Well, what's good here is is an exercise um, that we use um, through our new platform, uh, through the Now Now What movement. And it's, it's an idea that, and I use it in ministry as well. Because tragedy is going to happen. Somebody who's listening right now is going through something bad. Maybe you got a diagnosis you didn't like. Maybe you lost a family member. Maybe a job that you were at is no longer around. Your business is failing. Your marriage is failing. 
Your kids don't respect you. You got hurt at work. I mean, there's a number of things that can go on that are just horrible. And you're looking around and you're looking at life and saying, this is not good. This is not awesome. And I'm down and out. So what we do is, is we um, take those areas of life and we pull out this good old trusty pad. You'll get you one of those big ones, right? The real long ones. And I want you to take a line and draw it down the middle. And on the left side, I want you to write down every way your life is terrible. I mean, horrible, like unload all of it. You know, when you, 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 that friend calls you and they have what's, what's called a pity party and they're just telling you everything is wrong with their life. I want you to have one of those. I'm talking right down everything from the job to your life, to your health, to your relationships, to the, your business, to projects you're trying to start, everything. Write down every way your life is horrible. And then when you're done with it, get some get some tears, get some tears with it because that's going to happen because it's a very emotional exercise. Then take that pad and I want you to put it away. Typically, you want to do it for at least a day. You know, go about your day not thinking about what's on that pad. And when you come back to the pad, I want you to take some time, take you some silent time, go into prayer or meditation or something and just reset yourself, try to clear your mind and just say, you know, let me go into this with a clear head and an understanding of what is here. And that's where the what's good here comes in. You're looking at all these ways your life are, your life is terrible. And I want you to look at that, at that bad, horrible thing and on the other side of the pad, write why that's a great moment in your life. Why it may be the best moment in your life. Mm. The backdrop is, is this came to me um, the night after my father died, after my 33rd birthday. And I went outside and had an argument with God in the parking lot of the hospital where he passed. And I'm screaming at God, like, man, like I told you, you know, I wanted my father to live on. Right. And then, you know, God spoke to me and was just like, yeah, he does live on. He's giving you values. He's giving you structure. He's giving you everything you need to go live a great and empowered life. So he is going to walk out of this hospital as you. And it hit me like a brick. Like what? Like that was spoken to me. And so then the what's good here was birthed from that time because it's just like my father dying was like a was like a, a sledgehammer. I was 33 years old the night after my 33rd birthday. and as a young man, that's sort of coming into the apex of your life. Like you're starting to make some pretty good money. You know, you're kind of, you're still paying your dues, but you pay some dues to where now you've gotten some increase. You know, I bought a house at 29. So I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that upward trajectory. This is the start of a high upward trajectory. And I mm -hmm. felt like my father was going to be the man I needed to be able to help me through these situations. And I could call on him for a number of things and God, you took him from me. So this is not cool. But obviously, you learn to grow from that. And so what's good here is you look at all of those things that you say are most horrible and you find the good in it. Why was lose, Why was your marriage failing a good thing? Why you getting downsized from your job was a good thing? Why your book not selling the way it was? Why was that a good thing? Why is this health scare a good thing? Right? And so what ends up happening is, is not only do you put the equivalency of what's good on the other side, you may figure out what's been stressing you is not even important at all. It's like, why am I still even thinking about this? Why am mm -hmm. I thinking about a relationship from 10, 10 years ago? Why am I giving this energy? Why am I paying attention to this person who's no longer in my life? Why am I worried about family members who don't support me instead of focus on the ones who do? 
And so the what's good here is all the ways what you think is bad is not only great, but possibly the greatest thing that could have ever happened in your life. And it's not easy to work through that, but it's definitely beneficial and fulfilling. Hmm. That's good. So we always have that good thing happening, no matter what it is that you're going through, says Ahmad. And, 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 and we appreciate you for sharing that. And we are happy that you are doing what you're doing in society and on a personal level. And uh, we are wishing you great success. And now, yeah, thank you. yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we are almost coming up to the end of this show. And uh, yes, we, we appreciate you. And uh, I'm wondering, the people who are listening, is there a way that you uh, could maybe want to work with them one-on-one? -on -one? In what way? Or maybe ask them to get your book? Just tell us. Yes, my, my website is www.amadvital.com. That's A-H-M-A-R-D-V-I-T-A-L.com. You can connect with me there, my email, my contact, all of my different uh, services and books are available there. Also, book uh, Now What is available on all major platforms. So whatever your favorite bookstore is, go grab a copy and um, look forward to hearing what your thoughts are on that. Leave a review uh, as far as that's concerned. Also, um, to get a quick preview of the book, kind of get through and dip through it a little bit, your audience can go to booknowwhat.com and preview the book before you before you purchase. I uh, would love to have you purchase, but my publisher has made some copies available for your audience to go check out uh, beforehand. And and just, you know, just grateful. I'd be, love to hear from some of you all. If you have young men in your life who are struggling right now, I'd, I'd love to be able to have a quick sit down with them and, and help push them through some things. Uh, young adults are at a time right now when they're trying to figure out so many things. And so um, if there is an opportunity to be able to work with them, um, go to my website and uh, and leave me a message and we'll we'll look to get back to you uh, and maybe set up a consult uh, of some kind and see and see what we can do um i'm devoted to helping the next generation and building a bridge to those generations to be able to do great and amazing things and so i'd love to be able to help them in any way i can so let's uh, let's connect wow thank you thank you thank you very much ahmad and I am sure someone will come there, will go and check out the book. And uh, all those who are listening, if you please uh, give us a feedback at some point, even when you get to listen to this after we are through with it uh, or watch it, please leave a, a comment or a question. Follow the episodes. We appreciate all that you do out there. As we also thank Ahmad for being with us on this show. Now, before we go, we would like Ahmad to leave us with a few words that we should always remember. Which are they, Ahmad? I use a quote from my first book and then what I sign on, on, all my, on all those books is keep showing up on the field of life. Keep showing up on the field of life. Effort is at the root of everything. You must give up and get, get up and give effort. Keep community close to you, have faith in your abilities, and continue to keep showing up. Those things will put you in position to win. No matter what, 
you will take some losses. Expect that. Work through it. And as always, keep showing up on the field of life. Thank you. Thank you. Keep showing up the field of life. What's good here? Oh, yeah. Am I show up? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Am I show up? And uh, we really thank you, Ahmad, for all that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Anthony. Yes. So this has been Now Tell Us. I've been your host, Anthony Marori. And together with our guest today, Ahmad Vita, we are saying bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. <laughs>